Wednesday, we're halfway. We're in the middle of the week. <laughs> Good morning to all of our listeners around the world. Logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Pleasant good morning to everyone and listening online on janoradio.com. Gotta say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Wednesday, October 19th. Hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Today we are crushing on Missy Elliott through music. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok Moments with Me Media. And the mean everything is mi and here are the headlines we have coming up for you today in international news indonesia bans all syrup liquid medicines after 99 child deaths troubled marriage oil spat unlikely to break u.s saudi ties united nations finds russian pattern of rape and other abuses in ukraine and lizzie liz what the world is saying about the uk turmoil in news out of north america hawaii announces executive order that will protect those traveling for abortion procedures missouri residents say police dismissed reports of missing black women but a month later a woman says she was kidnapped and believes there were other victims in my opinion racism never left schools now it's taking worrying new forms in business and tech news cvs drops prices on its tampons and will pay the pink tax biden to release 15 million barrels from oil reserve more is possible groundbreaking movie star anna may wong to be first asian american featured on u.s currency in health and science news five hours sleep is tipping point for bad health black infants born after fertility treatments at significantly higher risk of death than white infants a study suggests in sports news charles barkley agrees to a 10-year contract with tnt worth over 100 million dollars almost said the wrong figure gotta get the coins right damien lillard wants you to ball on the court without breaking the bank with his new affordable sneaker and out of the caribbean corner three tropical waves being monitored off barbados and barbados police service still needs 
250 officers come forward. Guyanese nationals can now travel to the United Kingdom visa-free. And in stories out of Jamaica, family cops launch desperate search as a 13-year-old goes missing. Jamaica bags silver in prestigious category at robotics competition. Shelly Ann Fraser Price and Sharika Jackson want their national awards to inspire young girls. And out of Suriname, health authorities are concerned about new addictive substance. In Latin America, more than 100 Haitian migrants found on island near Puerto Rico. In Believe It or Not stories, Donald Trump reportedly thinks Kanye has been acting too crazy lately, says he should seek professional help. But you know, interestingly, I'm coming across a lot of videos on TikTok where a lot of folks out of the black community are saying he's not crazy they want you to think he's crazy but he's not he's speaking a lot of facts so we're going to dig into that a little deeper a memphis man tries to run over infant with his car following argument with his wife and in entertainment news rihanna announces savage fenty volume 4 fashion show and drake in the weekend to opt out of the 2023 grammy awards for the second year in a row we're gonna have the details of these stories and more coming up right after a little more from missy elliott our hashtag wcw woman crush wednesday i said yeah wcw woman crush wednesday artist for today change same old pain same old game say i want to be with me show me my ring baby let me think i've been in the cold story untold i'm about to unfold how do you expect me to ever believe you won't be with me you
to all the listeners logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com for quality music while you work or play don't forget to log on to qmzradio.com to help you get through your day Thank you to everyone listening online on channelradio.com and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens Five moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Toll World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Today we are crushing on Missy Elliott through music, so we'll be playing her songs throughout today's show. If it's your first time coming to Coffee and Toe on Clubhouse, we welcome you. And we invite you to click on the greenhouse at the top, join the club, that way you'll know when we are open. It's time to set your clock back about as long as you can. I stop daylight, it's ludicrous, the maintenance man. Get your oil changed, I check fluids and transmission. You one minute fools, you wonder why y'all missing. On the back of milk cartons, and it's no rewards, no regards. Close, but it's no cigar. A hard head make a soft ass, but a hard dick make the sex last. I dump in pools and make a big splash. Water overflowing, so get your head right. It's all in your mind, punk, so keep your head tight. Enough with tips. And advice and things. I'm big dog having women seeing stripes and things. They go to sleep, start And coming up right after this next one from Missy Elliott, we are gonna get into the details and we are starting off with international news. Keep it locked. Like that, but it ain't even gotta be like that. <laughs> Your man, he be calling me back. You see, I'm fine, and a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah, that's how I do that. That fit my jeans over baby fat. Listen, I don't know the type of tricks he playing, but I should warn you, I don't want your man. I understand why you wanna try, make him stay home late at night, but if he wanna go, he'll be gone.
come follow in the club, they gon' be like, damn, that's hot. And when they play it in the car, they gon' drop they tops like, damn, that's hot. They gon' mix it with Biggie, it was all a dream, like, damn, that's hot. Me and Keisha don't stop till the tape don't top, like, damn, that's hot. Now understand why I take my time, till she come without a bus. Trying to get me to see this where you trying to be But I don't want your man Your man's been calling me Trying to get me to see that he wants me to be with him But he ain't the one for me And if you only knew You would do what you had to Finally see that Finally get the chance to see that Let me ask y'all a question real quick. Am I the only one where your kids think you are an ATM machine? Automatically, when they ask, you're supposed to pop it out. And they ask you for things at the oddest times, the oddest hours. They don't care. So I'm here, you know, in the middle of a show. And I'm getting my phone blown up with text messages from my son one of my sons in high school oh i need to send him my card information right now because he needs to pay for some class dues so i send him a picture of the card and that's why i'm taking so long to get back on air so i send him a picture of the card a card right the closest one to me he sends back and says to me oh no not that one the other one that we used to pay for homecoming I'm like, aren't, aren't we paying for something here? Does it matter? Can't we? What's the difference? We're paying for something. The demands these people put on you. Who, who else gets the um, 10 o'clock at night? Oh, I need such and such for school. When do you need it? Oh, tomorrow. And you damn near want to throw them out the window or out the door. <laughs> oh, no, it's just me. But let me tell you. These kids, they bring out the inner gangster in you. Make you want to fight them. Go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. But then, you remember, you're going to end up in jail. <laughs> so you just got to breathe in, breathe out. Because you're not in Jamaica where you could whoop them or just knock them the hell out and get up and keep it moving. You're in, you're in the States. They will lock your ass up. Morning, Chief. How are you doing? Oh, you can hear me? Yeah, your mic is open. <laughs> oh, we can't hear you. You're very oh, faint. Go. You're still in Droid World. Here we go. Bye. You're, bye. <laughs> yeah, make you want to fight them. Is, is it me? Or how about this one? You know they wear a pair of socks to school, but somehow at the end of the day when you do the laundry, only one foot comes out. And then they look at you and tell, "Well, I don't know what happened. I know I put two in the in the two in the in the hamper." I'm like, "You didn't, yeah." <sighs> the joys of parenthood. I don't know. Let me let me tell you this: for anyone thinking of becoming a parent, of having a family, understand this understand this and don't get me wrong i have no regrets but understand 
you are going to lose yourself. All right? Just just giving you a heads up. It's a roller coaster ride. One minute you're laughing and you're like, "Oh my gosh, look at my baby." And the next minute you're like, "Who the hell are you? Where the hell you came from? I don't know you. Can I return you?" I'm just say, keeping it real. I had to get that off my chest. Thank you for being my sounding board. I'm going to go ahead and get into the details. Our first story, courtesy of Al Jazeera News, Indonesia bans all syrup liquid medicines after 99 child deaths. The Indonesian government has announced a ban on all syrup and liquid medicine prescription and over-the-counter sales following the deaths of nearly 100 children from acute kidney injury this year. The ban announced on Wednesday comes as the Southeast Asian country's health authority probe an unexplained rise since January in the number of children's deaths from acute kidney injury, AKI. Remember, we just spoke about Gambia last week. Now we have, um, are they not going to just shut down the facility that is manufacturing the cough syrup and the cough medicine? And I would strongly encourage um, all countries... I know there are countries in the Caribbean that get cough syrup from India that they um, probably not dispense any, whatever they have on their shelves, take them off. We don't want to hear about anything else. Um, Yeah, as a precautionary, the ministry has asked all health workers in health facilities not to prescribe liquid medicine or syrup temporarily. We also asked drug stores to temporarily stop non-prescription liquid medicine or syrup sales until the investigation is completed. The rise in childhood AKI fatalities in Indonesia comes as the Gambia's government probes the death of 70 children from AKI linked to paracetamol syrups used to treat fever, which contained excessive levels of diethylene glycol, and I hope I said that right for you scientists, and ethylene glycol in a scandal linked to four Indian-made cough syrups. Um, so at this point, Maine in India, you may want to pump the brakes on giving those to your children. All right, so please be very careful with that. All right. Next up, troubled marriage. Oil spat unlikely to break U.S.-Saudi ties. Story courtesy of AljazeeraNews.com out of Washington, D.C. Despite growing anger in Washington and U.S. President Joe Biden's threat that Saudi Arabia will face consequences over oil production cuts, analysts say a fundamental change in relations between the United States and the Gulf Kingdom is unlikely. The furore over a recently announced oil output reduction is the latest display of tensions between the two allies, whose ties have endured a series of setbacks in recent years. I don't think we're likely to see a divorce proceeding from this sort of troubled marriage, said Anel Shaleen, and she is a research fellow at the Quincy Institute for Responsible Statecraft, a U.S.-based think tank. But I do imagine that we may continue to see more discontent from both the Americans and the Saudis. And just this question of why do we continue to take from this country that calls itself our partner? Hmm. 
Riyadh has faced a firestorm of criticism in Washington after OPEC, which brings together OPEC and other oil producers, namely Russia, announced the output cuts this month. The move will likely push up petrol prices for consumers ahead of crucial midterm elections next month. And key Democratic Party lawmakers have called for fundamentally reassessing the U.S.-Saudi partnership and for going so far as to end security cooperation with the United Kingdom. Or with the kingdom, rather. What I will say is to the U.S., um, dip into your reserves. You got the reserves and let's keep the prices down. Biden administration, if it is your intent to get back into the white, well, to secure the elections, the midterms, right? And with the hope of getting back in with the next general elections. That's my recommendation. Play your cards right. Things are kind of sticky with you right now. The Republicans have bonded and banded together and they're they're not playing they're coming out real strong so be careful what you do biden and your administration be very careful you're at a critical stage indeed our next story un finds russian pattern of rape and other abuses in ukraine this story is also courtesy of al jazeera news Russian forces were responsible for the vast majority of human rights violations in northern Ukraine during the early weeks of the war, including attacks on civilians that qualify as war crimes, the United Nations has found. In a report published on Tuesday, the three members of the Independent International Commission of Inquiry on Ukraine said they had documented patterns of summary executions, unlawful confinement, torture, ill-treatment, rape, and other sexual violence committed in areas occupied by Russian armed forces. In one of the most disturbing examples, the commission said a four-year-old was allegedly forced to perform oral sex on a Russian soldier in the Kiev region, and that was back in March. The report includes several other references to reported rape cases, with victims said to be aged from four to 80 years old. Al Jazeera was unable to independently verify the claims. Ukrainian officials, rights groups, and the UN have previously said Moscow is using sexual assault as a war tactic. Perpetrators raped the women and girls in their homes or took them and raped them in unoccupied dwellings. In most cases, these acts also amount to torture and cruel or inhumane treatment for the victims and for relatives who were forced to watch. Other incidents of sexual violence were also documented against women, men and girls, the report said. Kiev's forces also committed alleged war crimes, the commission said, including two cases of people who were out of action when they were shot, wounded or tortured. Why is it that this seems to be a trend whenever there is a war? There is always sexual abuse. Why? Is it because these men are away from their... And and this is nothing new. This is nothing new. Whether it's um, internal wars, civil wars, tribal wars, world wars, whatever kind of wars, there are always reports 
of sexual abuse, sexual misconduct. What is the reason for these atrocities happening to people who are already psychologically damaged to some degree, traumatized, many have lost sense of hope, and then you carry out these violent acts on them? Is it that it's a requirement? In a war? I don't know. Is it because the, the men who are fighting are away from their families? And those who um, initiate the war, the leaders who initiate these wars, and they hear about these atrocities, they're not compelled to do anything about it? Unfortunately, the United Nations is also, um, well, allegedly, they have been condemned for their contribution to sexual abuse when they go into countries where they're supposed to be helping and, you know, maintaining peace and stability, that their workers are also involved in these heinous acts. What is it? No one has a moral compass. No one ever looks at the victim and say, you know what? No, because I too have a mother, a son, a father, a daughter, a niece, an aunt, a sister, a some, no, no, nobody cares. How would you feel if this was done to one of your family members? Would you be okay with that? Would you be okay to sit down and watch someone rape your child or rape your wife or your, your partner, whomever? Would you be okay with that? Where is your mindset? Our next story is out of the UK, courtesy of the BBC. Lizzie Liz, what the world is saying about the UK turmoil. Well, the world has been watching the political and economic upheaval in the UK over the past few weeks. The havoc caused by Prime Minister Liz and her tax-cutting plan, followed by its withdrawal this week, made headlines around the globe. Even U.S. President Joe Biden waded in, breaking diplomatic norms in doing so. But what impact has it really had outside the UK? BBC reporters from Berlin to Washington explain how it is being viewed, where they are, and what has changed. For many in Berlin, the drama in Westminster is viewed with some sadness as just the latest episode in the political and economic upheaval, which many Germans suspected would be the inevitable consequence of Brexit. Neither Chancellor Olaf Scholz nor his ministers have commented publicly on the mini-budget or its repercussions. But columnists have been scathing in their assessment. The selection of Liz Truss, said one, was a fatal choice made by the Conservatives who ignored warnings about her policy. Another expressed incredulity that MPs were plotting to replace the beleaguered Prime Minister without a general election, warning that such a coup risked turning Britain into a banana republic. 
There was a time when some German politi- politicians would tell me of their admiration for British politics, for the cut and thrust of a system which seemed far more exciting than the compromise-driven, coalition-based German model. It's an opinion few hold now. Japan was once known for its revolving door of prime ministers, so the current political turmoil in the UK doesn't feel unique to many. Some in local media have labeled her fake Thatcher and say she has tried to gamble with the government's finances. Others are asking how this may affect the UK's policy towards Asia, most notably its tough stance against China. In the financial markets, traders have been closely paying attention to the pound as Japan's own currency is also trading at its 32-year low. On social media, some people have been comparing her approval rating to Japan's uh, prime minister, saying that he's still got some room to grow, while others are amused by the British sense of humor behind the Can Liz Outlast Lettuce live stream. Posting a photo of the stream, one user wrote, there is not enough humor in Japanese media. But I asked the question, um, did she bite off more than she can chew? Number one. Number two, were they so fixated on seeing to it that a Caucasian was in power versus having someone of Indian and Ghanaian descent? And number three, why didn't she step down instead of firing Quasi? Because he was only following her instruction. I know that's a lot to throw out there all at once. But we have to pay attention because it affects family members of ours who are in the diaspora who rely on remittances from the UK because the value and the extent to which the dollar or the pound can stretch once converted is um, threatened, right? So I don't know. What are the Brits going to do? How are they going to fix it? How is she going to fix the issue? And she was bold enough to step up and say um, she's committed to the war in Ukraine in 2023. Girl, you got to fix your issues of your yard before you start going abroad and where you're going to commit to. You got issues at home that you need to fix. It's not looking too cute. Don't be the shortest prime minister ever in Britain. Who was the shortest? James, you know these things. Morning. <laughs> Morning. <laughs> I, think, I think it probably would have to be Boris. <laughs> yeah, but... But, you know, what's interesting, remember I told you, like, I honestly believe that the monarch is going to fall in our lifetime. And, you know, I've been around a while, and I honestly think that this is the worst 10-year stretch in British political history. Like, this is what, like, six, six, seven, and I, I don't think she's going to make it. So we could we could be looking at about seven prime minister in 10 years like it's never been this unstable and i don't think that they can run a commonwealth if they can't even run their own country so i honestly believe that with the queen gone 
with her her, her son that, that she didn't trust to, 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 to make King running things. And 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 the British government, yeah, I think I think they're gonna fall soon. I honestly think so. Oh boy. I don't know what to tell Lizzie at this point. It would be a shame. But you see, this is the reason why you cannot hold fast to racism and the factors associated in that support the ideology behind it. You can, you gotta let it go. The color of one's skin does not determine their ability to function. It does not. Oh, if the white person does it, yeah, it will be better run. No, we can't trust someone of Indian and Ghanaian descent. No, 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 no. They, they'll wreak havoc. Yeah, yeah, but moments. I think she's the right person to get it though, because you, you don't want. Because you don't want the same playbook that they use on Obama to, to, to play out. That, you know, Bush mash up the country and hand it over to Obama. And all of a sudden, everything that, that is wrong, he inherited. And it's now his problem. Like, I think that would be like a bad thing to put, you know, like someone from African or, or Indian descent, like in that hot seat. <clears throat> and knowing how the, it is very racist there already. That they're they're gonna dump all the garbage on that person and, and it, it would be would be worse than what she's facing now if that lady or, or, or the guy had um, that lady had won, like you it would have been ten times worse. So I think she's where she's supposed to be. And they'll just move on from her in the next couple of months and put in another clown and the, the cycle will continue. Yeah, but if they keep doing that and running a circus, James, isn't that to the detriment of the, the um, citizens of the UK? Because at the end of the day, it's taxpayers' money that you're playing with. And whatever decisions you make as it relates to taxes is going to affect them primarily. I mean, you're sitting there in, in, in Parliament and you're okay. You're cushioned. You're not feeling the blows as much. But it's the everyday man and woman that get up and have to grind it out to survive, to look after their families. They're the ones who are being impacted. So um, the circus idea, they need to get rid of that because it's not helping. Optics, away with that. It's not helping that either. And I see what, I see what you're saying, James. However, at some point, we have the buck stops with someone. Someone has to be willing to say, you know what? I am prepared to face it. I am prepared to fix it. You don't have to like me, but damn it, this affects me too. I don't know. Probably the right, the wrong outlook. I, I'm clueless. I don't know. Well, let's hope they can fix this. She can. Because how long now? She been not, has it even been two months since she's been there? No. She just went in in September, right? So it hasn't even been two months. She hasn't even been there two months. Yeah, remember what they say about karma, though, because remember, like, all those people from the Caribbean and that went there in the in the 50s and, and, and built the country, and you're going to tell me that not even America is... is America is bad, but America is not like that. If, 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 you, if you go to America... And you, you start your family and you have generations of family there. You're good. But like they, they are going to um, turn their back on people that build 
um, the economy and, 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 and deport people and, and treat people like animals. So, yeah, like they're getting what, what, what they deserve now. So I don't feel bad for them. I know it's, it's going to affect people in the diaspora and everything. But at some point, like you can't reap, you can't sow corn and then and then want to reap peas. So what they, they they get what they, you know what they sow is what they're reaping now. So I don't really feel bad for them. They're they're other, you know, Haiti and and a lot of other countries in 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 Africa and in um, Latin America. Um, you know, my my sorrow can can go with them. England is okay where they are. <laughs> Okay, James, thank you all so much. Thank you for tuning in online and thank you to everyone joining me here on Clubhouse. We're going to take a quick break and when we return, we have details of stories out of North America. Keep it locked. Here's a little bit more from Missy Elliott, our hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday artist for today. Shave my cha cha. You do what you don't know, you will or won't cha. Go downtown and eat it like a vocha. See my hips, big hips, so cha. See my butts and my lips, don't cha. Lost a few pounds in my waist, go oh, yeah. This the kind of beat to go ba ta ta. Ba ta 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 ta. Sex me so good, I say blah blah blah. Work it. I need a glass of water. Boy, your oh boy, it's good to know ya. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's your Your nails done, get a pedicure, get your hair did. Boy, lift it up, let's make a toaster. Let's get drunk, this gon' bring us closer. Don't I look like a Holly Berry poster? See the Belvedere playing tricks on ya. Girlfriend wanna be like me, never. You won't find a chick that's even better. I make you hot as Las Vegas weather. Listen up close while I take it backwards. Okay, begins to tell it's in me with you I'm not a prostitute, but I can give you what you want. I love your braids and your mouth full of phones. You love the way my butt boom, ba boom, ba boom, boom. Keep your eyes on my ba boom, ba boom. You yeah, think you can handle this? Cause don't, don't. Take my thumb off and my tail go boom. Cut the lights on so you see what I can do. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's your primitive, it's why I need them. It's your primitive, it's why I need them. If you got a big, let me search it. Chinese boys, white time, 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 time,
Girls, get that cash. If it's nine to five, we're shaking your ass. Ain't no shame, ladies, do your thing. Just make sure you're ahead of the game. You know, Missy's still super duper, but Prince couldn't get me change my name. Papa, Hooter can't tell you, slave again, no sign. Picture black saying, oh, yes, I'm my side. Got a Lamborghini, so I drive faster. Just to make your haters even freaking matter. Admit I'm the shit name, one new batter. When I drop this record here, it won't even matter. Why you act dumb like this, dog? Say you act dumb like uh, As the drummer boy go brrrrrrrrrrrr pum pum Give you some, some, some of this Cinnabon Is it worth it? Let me work it I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it It's your permit if it's wet yet It's your permit if it's wet yet Thank you to all the listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and thank you everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Coming up right after this, it is details of stories out of North America. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. We're crushing on Missy Elliott. Great songs to do our 50 squats a day challenge to. So I got to get back to my challenge today. People like Big Daddy K, EPMD. Missed a couple days. But I'm going to get it right. Thank you so much, Missy. Appreciate you. And now it's time for us to get into the details. So Hawaii announces executive order that will protect those traveling for abortion procedures. Story courtesy of BallerAlert.com. Hawaii has announced an executive order. Yes, the order also protects medical professionals performing procedures. Hawaii Governor David, is it Iki, I-G-E? I hope I'm not mispronouncing his name. Signed the order following the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade this past summer, Honolulu Civil Beach reported. The reversal of Roe v. Wade resulted in 14 states banning the procedure. Another nine states have bans on hold. We will not cooperate with any other state that tries to prosecute women who receive an abortion in Hawaii. And we will not cooperate with any other state that tries to sanction medical professionals who provide abortion in Hawaii, he said at a news conference. The Aloha State has been firm in its stance on abortions. It became the first state in the U.S. to legalize abortions in 1970. Under state law, the state is prohibited from denying or interfering with a woman's right to choose or obtain an abortion of a non-viable fetus or an abortion that is necessary to protect the life or health of the female. Despite the ruling, I can assure you that women in Hawaii will continue to have access to the health care they need, and that includes abortion, he said in a statement. Hawaii law already protects the rights of individuals to make their own deeply personal reproductive health decisions, including the right to seek abortion care. I will do everything in my power to ensure that women retain control over their own reproductive choices. The governor sides with the governors of Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island, who have also adopted similar provisions following the ruling 
by protecting reproductive health services provided in their states. And I say go Hawaii. It is not your business, quite frankly, to impose on a woman's choice. Whether you believe in it or not, it is her right. And the part, and I, we, I have said this several times, and this is a discussion we've had several times. While I can respect one being pro-life, the very ones who are pro-life are also pro-murder. How so? You're okay with death penalties. I don't hear you protesting and carrying on when people are killing each other. We are quick to shelter and shield and hide criminals, people who go out there and murder people. So let's not pick and choose what we want to be pro-life about. If you're going to be pro-life, be pro-life. If not, leave people alone to do what they want to do. At the end of the day, you're going to be accountable for your sins, not mine. That's how I look at it. And I want to say to everyone who is so pro-life, your 10-year-old daughter gets raped and is forced to carry that child. How are you going to feel? Are you going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Yes, I have a grandbaby coming. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yes. Tell me that's how you're really going to be. And if you say yes, you'll be elated. Something is wrong with you. That's all I'm going to say on that. However we want to look at it, at the end of the day, sin is sin. Let's just get that right. Sin is sin. No sin is greater than the other. And all sins can be forgiven. If that's how we want to look at it. Stay out of the people, them uterus. Stay out of them womb. If someone is raped, why are you forcing them to have that child? If someone made a poor decision and let them make that choice. If they're, if a, uh, what you call it, an ultrasound is done and the, the, the woman or, or even a couple realize that that fetus is not going to be developed normally and that they're going to be parents to a child who... God forbid what's going to happen to that child when they pass on. Who's going to love the child that they, the way they would? If they made the decision that, okay, you know what? This child is not going to be healthy. This child is not going to be normal. And they want to end that pregnancy. Let it be their choice, their business. Stay out of it. That's all I'm going to say on that. I'm going to keep it moving. Our next story, Missouri residents say police dismissed reports of missing black women. But a month later, a woman says she was kidnapped and believes there were other victims. Story courtesy of CNN. Three weeks, well, weeks after residents of a Kansas City, Missouri neighborhood said they complained to police that black women were missing, authorities are facing community backlash after a black woman says a white man held her captive. 
A 22-year-old woman identified by police in court in a probable cause form as TJ escaped on October 7 from the Excelsior Springs, Missouri home of Timothy Marion Haslett Jr., a man whom she accuses of kidnapping and raping her after he picked her up in Kansas City in early September. Excelsior Springs is part of the Kansas City metropolitan area. It was readily apparent that she had been held against her will for a significant period of time. That's according to Lieutenant Ryan Dowdy of the Excelsior Springs Police when speaking with reporters outside Haslett's home. He said investigators are still processing evidence taken from Haslett's home and that the investigation is ongoing. According to the probable cause form, TJ said she escaped from a room in the man's basement. Haslett's neighbor told KMBC and KCTV that TJ went to multiple homes to seek help while Haslett took his child to school. TJ also said there were other women, but police have found no evidence of others so far. The woman's escape comes weeks after community leaders said they told authorities that they believed a potential predator was targeting black women in the Kansas City area. Authorities from the Kansas City Police Department initially called the reports of a serial killer targeting black women completely unfounded. This is according to a statement published by the Kansas City Star newspaper. TJ was wearing latex lingerie, a metal collar with a padlock, and had duct tape around her neck when she escaped, according to the probable cause form. Lisa Johnson, a neighbor of Haslett, whom TJ encountered during her escape, told KMBC that TJ feared Haslett would kill them all if she killed the police. Johnson told affiliate KCTV she called police after TJ ran to another home for help. Sarah Tharp told CNN affiliate KCTV that her grandmother let TJ in when she came into the house for help. I have a question. Why are they referring to it as a probable... What is it? Probable cause. Why a probable cause? Why, why is it termed that way? I'm not quite sure why. And of course, in legal language, hold on, where's Google, my friend? What is probable cause? Hmm. Let's see what it says. Probable cause versus reasonable suspicion. Okay, the main difference between reasonable suspicion and probable cause is that probable cause relies on objective circumstances and evidence, whereas reasonable suspicion is closer to an inclination rather than evidence. Okay, so probable cause relies on objective circumstances and evidence. But I have a little issue with the word um, probable. It sounds as though you're doubting her story. Am I the only one who feels that way? Even though it says it relies on objective circumstances and evidence, and the evidence is there, right? It seems as though you're, to me, it seems as though you're doubting, doubting what she's saying, right? Um, okay, so Virginia says verify her story. Okay. 
But don't you have to verify a reasonable suspicion as well? You try, you try as best as possible to verify that? I don't know. Or am I just being sensitive because it's a black woman who was held captive by a white man? Am I a little? I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead, Javet. Good morning. Good morning, Javet. For me, with the description that you, not the, not the description, the definition that you use, it could be in the probable cause they could not find any evidence, but in reasonable, they found some evidence, but then they would have to do the test to see how legitimate the evidence is. Okay, hold on. Say that again, Javed. Say that again. In probable... For me, uh -huh. probable cause means that they weren't able to find evidence. It was more a uh, he say, she say type of thing. Whereas reasonable, they may have found some evidence, but they'd have to do some testing to see if it links the evidence that they find. So, for example, um, I think I heard you say, I think I heard you say that they had, uh, she had tape around her neck or something like she that. She had duct tape, a uh, collar with a padlock, and she was wearing latex lingerie. So if they happen to find duct tape that matches that duct tape or something similar, then that is reasonable. They've tested it and it's the same exact tape or the, or the tape may have some of his hairs on it, that type of thing. But that's just what I'm thinking at this moment. Okay. I can't say that that's legitimate because I'm not Popo. I'm not, you know, CSI, you know, all of that. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Oh no. Okay. Good morning, Teflon. Quick question. You missed the story um with Liz. What's up? What are you Brits doing with her over there? Are you gonna kick her out um Downing Street? I don't know. I haven't been following the news, so <laughs> listen, she's creating know. havoc over there. What's she done? What's she done now? <laughs> Okay, let me go because I, ha I I was hoping you'd have been here earlier for this one. Where um, what the world is saying about the UK turmoil, um, the havoc that she's wreaking with the tax cutting plan, um, f followed by its withdrawal this week, uh, and I was asking the question: Why did she fire Quasi? Because wasn't he following her directive? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. We all know he was a fool guy. He was, they set him up to fail. So, um, doesn't matter what he did, he was still going to get sacked. Wow. I think it was just warming up the seat for the next person. How many, how many blacks do you have in parliament over there? Do you know? There's quite, there's quite a few, but they're all in the background. They don't, they don't really do anything. Um, the, the most vocal one is called, um, Lamy. What's mm -hmm. his name? Something Lamy. Yeah. He's, he's an MP for Tottenham. Um, yeah, he's, he he works on the biggest radio as well. He's he's very he's very active, but there's other they've got some other um, black MPs, but they're not really vocal. They're kind of like oh, they just do what they're told, in it. Yeah, mm. yeah. David Lammy, David Lammy. Puppets on strings, pretty much, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, let's see if she can fix the issue um, because the you know she she's facing a lot over there. Um, to be to, to be fair, there's not much you can do because the economy's messed up at the moment. So she's she's gonna have to. Um, I mean, they're still they're still gonna have to raise taxes and stuff. They have to try and um, get the money somehow, but. Mm. The, the the people don't want that, <laughs> but to be honest, it, it doesn't matter who comes into power. This they're still going to do the same thing. Could you know it I mean? could so. it be um, Teflon that probably the way the the tax cuts go, probably easing it in versus just slamming it on them could make a difference. Yeah, that could that could work. But I think what I think the mistake she did, she she um she made a lot of promises before she um stepped in. And um what she should have done, she should have just kept it real, you know. But a lot of these politicians they always like to make promises just to get in the seat. Yeah. yeah. So she's saying that when I get into power I'm gonna cut this, I'm gonna cut that. But in this in this climate, it's very impossible. You can't do that. Yeah, you have to keep it real. And all politicians seem to do that, Teflon, globally. And I wish they would just stop it. Be realistic. Say, just be honest. Yeah, say just what it is honest. that you're going to try and do. If they're going to if they're going to put you in power, they're going to do it regardless. You know, just be honest. Don't make um, false promises, and then when you when you get in. Because um, remember, they get advice from their peers, and if they implement those um, policies, then they're going to be like, "Oh my God, um, you said this, and now you change your mind." So yeah, sometimes it's good to be honest and keep it real, keep one hundred and stamp, stand on your square, as they say, or yeah. your circle, yeah. you know. But she, but but she's she's not doing that. Like she keeps doing U turns as well, and that's what people don't like. She makes. She says one thing, and then, and then they change their mind. Mm, so she's speaking yeah, out of both sides of her mouth, so to speak. Yeah, and it's because she's got pressure. She's got a lot of pressure behind her, you know. But what she should do, she should just be um, brave when making decisions and just stick by them. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Teflon. Appreciate it. Go right ahead, Javette. I wanted to ask a question regarding. Um, politics, especially since we're getting ready to do early voting next week here in Texas. So we know that the politicians will come in and say that they can do A, B, and C. But on the other hand, don't we know that they really don't have the power? The power is in the collective vote once they get in. So they can promise us anything, but if they don't have the numbers, we really won't see it. Isn't that correct? Shouldn't we have more of that type of mindset? Because are you going to vote for someone that's going to come and say, I'm going to try to do this, but when I get in, I don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to vote for that person? Because using the word try means it's not really going to happen. You're not really going to do anything. You're going to vote for the person that seems adamant that they can make a change, even though we know how the political cycle really works. So I see what you're saying, Javette. I see exactly what you're saying. I totally get it. Is it that we're so accustomed to hearing a particular speech that that's what we want to hear? Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to do that. 
and we keep forgetting we kind of have stockholm syndrome to a degree right when it comes to politics we hear the same thing and we are constantly failed but yet we keep listening to the same thing isn't that kind of what we're suffering from the stockholm syndrome in politics oh no they said they're gonna do this 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 and that and you look at the laundry list but that's what they said four years ago and nothing was done yeah yeah but they're gonna do it this time they're gonna do it this time but i get what you're saying if they say try chances are means they're not gonna be voting in we're not gonna want to give them the opportunity because we don't like honesty we want to be fooled we want a, a picture a cinderella picture that there's going to be this glass slipper that's going to fit all of us and the reality it's not exactly hmm. yeah but but Javette, um i think why it's important to like especially like people that represent like the area that you're in um if you know that politician and know their values and stuff like that you know i think even though we know that they can't deliver um they can't just promise stuff and deliver it like that but at least we know like say for example issues of like you know abortion that's going on in america now you know that that person is sitting in in a, in a, in a powerful position and their vote matters so if you know that person you know the, the, what they value and stuff like that at least you know that you have a vote within that person you're not going to get everything that you need from any one politician, but at least you know there, you know stuff that that's very important to you. If it comes down to a vote, especially like in the American political system, that vote is going to be there. So I think even if it's I agree, I agree, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you that way. But some people look at these politicians like they're going to be the savior, and they can come in and make changes immediately. And it depends on their office and it depends on their numbers. Because a local politician, like someone in my area, can come in and say, okay, uh, we're going to help this nonprofit do X, Y, and Z. You can see that on a lower scale. But when you look at the, the issues in totality, that one vote, yes, it will count. But it's wh whatever side the numbers fall on. And I'm sorry, I'm hearing feedback. Okay. Yeah, I, sorry. I, I think for people that are not, that don't educate themselves where politics is, is concerned, you know, they, they always have this unrealistic expectation. You know, like, for example, the, you know, African-Americans that got upset with Obama um, for the eight years that, you know, people that have this idea that, okay, so we have the first black president. So that means he's going to put you know, issues that concern black people to the front, and then all of the white voters, the, 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 the Asian voters, all these people, they're going to get what left. It doesn't work like that. Politics doesn't work like that, and it, 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 it wouldn't be fair for it to work like that, because you know, then what's going to happen? A Jewish um, president is going to come and he's going to put the um, interests of Jews um, first. You know, the first LGBTQ president He's going to do LGB. So, you know, it, it doesn't work like that. So I think when people educate themselves in, in where politics is concerned and look at the overall benefit of, of the, the country itself, then, you know, that's better than, you know, personal, you know, 
need that 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 you think that this president is going to do this for my community you know mm -hmm. all right thank you i think someone else wanted to say something uh i know okay o'neill uh, go right ahead morning everybody good morning uh, so i'll say the word representation um i think we, we tend to forget that the politician should be the word he he's supposed to be a representative and what is he representing um i think the small the more local we get with politics is the more in touch we can potentially be um and the system was designed for local you know districts into cities into state states into governments right but at the end of the day, um, most politician is just going to speak a, a rhetoric because political parties were made to remain in power. That and, and power for them is the ability to govern and the ability to rule. It it it's not necessarily. I think we fool ourselves to think that a politician can save us. Um, we are the government. So if 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 we, the more local we get, with um representing ourselves and having people resent us we have to start at the grassroots i think we still forget that so we're looking for a president of a country or a uh, ultimate leader and we see it in jamaica where with the brogards and and this i mean unless a, unless a political leader is a martyr and is there to serve we're never going to see the kind of change and results that we want to see from politics. I land right there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, O'Neill. Thank you, James. Thank you, um, Javette. You said something. We are the government. And the truth is we are. But we seem to forget that we are. And we transfer the power to them. And they the politicians, have become comfortable to the point that they believe that they are the ones who are truly in control. And we continue to give them that power. When are we going to wake up and be reminded of who we are and our power? And you see, because we're not really holding people accountable and we, we're hypocrites. And I'm going to say it. Flat out. We are hypocrites. When election time come, the very person where you are complaining about, boy, I'm in a city, I'm in a constituency, how long the road them stay away, and you this and you that, they come around and you laugh up with them and you run, figure, shake them hand. Isn't that hypocritical? Why not say, yes, 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 I'm glad I have you here with me because I've been wanting to talk to you about these issues which we put you in, we put you in the position, but you have failed to carry out all these things that you told us you were going to do. You have failed to be a part of the community. You don't come around unless somebody dead and you got a funeral and or we not see you unless it's like once a month when you drop into the office. Where have you been? 
Why is it that these things, when you were campaigning and promising us, what happened? Why is it that these promises have not been fulfilled? No, we don't do that. We're so, we're so happy for them. We want to shake them hand. We want to stand up next to them and get a picture with them. Why, why, why are we doing that? Treating them like celebrities. No, they are workers. They are social service workers. So we have to take our power back. So we need to wake up and stop fooling ourselves and stop fooling them and start holding them accountable. That's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. Stop them from looking down on us and treating us as though we're peasants, but they need our peasant money. All right, so... Thank you for starting it all off, Javette. <laughs> Got us going down the political road. <laughs> but yeah, it's valid questions. So before you go to the polls, seriously think. When was the last time you saw the person who is representing your municipality? When was the last time you saw them? When was the last time you were able to have a conversation with them? When did? You, how often are they holding town hall meetings so that they... They are there, boots on the ground, airs on the ground, hearing firsthand, not relying on information being passed on to them. When was the last time? How often do they have these meetings? How in touch are they with you? Think about these things. How effective have they been? Every politician has their pros and cons. Everybody has good and bad. We can't be all around perfect. We get that. But just as you want to put an 80-20 in your personal relationships, put it into the relationship with the politicians because their decisions affect you. All right? So, I don't talk politics for the day. <laughs> I think. Uh, I <laughs> 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 so that's enough, right, Teflon? Let's get the next story out of out of north america it's an opinion um piece courtesy of al jazeera racism never left u.s schools now it's taking worrying new forms article written by donald earl collins visiting professor of african-american history with loyola university and i hope i pronounced it right in maryland Overtly racist, sexist, and queerphobic books are filling the void left by bans on critical race theory. And his article reads, As a district, we remain committed to teaching love, inclusivity, and compassion. That was how the Northwest Local School District's administration ended their statement in response to a racist incident in May at Coleraine High School near Cincinnati, Ohio. Some students had put up handwritten whites-only and blacks-only signs over two water fountains at the school, taken pictures of them, or took pictures of them, that should say, and then posted them to social media for public consumption. NWLSD stands firm in creating a culture of inclusivity, respect, kindness, and compassion for everyone, the administrators added. Theirs is a statement any of the more than 14,000 school districts in the United States could issue. Yet, 
How true can it be in Ohio, where in less than two years, Republican legislators have introduced three bills attempting to ban critical race theory and discussions of divisive concepts like the existence of LGBTQIA plus people. How can this be true when Forest Hills, another Cincinnati area school district, postponed and then canceled its racial diversity awareness day because some parents complained the event smacked of critical race theory and was inherently divisive? How can this be true in a nation where nearly every week racist incidents occur in school after school? Just in the past two months, a lesson plan at a Los Angeles K-8 school, which included picking cotton to learn about slavery, came to light in the midst of a lawsuit over the practice. So has a recent incident at a Massachusetts high school where a white student posted a picture of herself with a sign that read, If I was black, I would be picking cotton, but I'm white, so I'm picking you for homecoming. In fact, across the country, the backlash against anti-racist books and efforts that include the 1619 Project has now paved the way for the return of overtly racist, sexist, and queerphobic books in schools, filling the void left by so many bans of critical race theory. Those on the right pushing for these bans are really arguing against any schooling that involves a reckoning with American racism and other ills. The argument? Learning uncomfortable truths will lead to psychological damage in white students. Never mind that black, brown, indigenous, and queer students, the majority of public school students, must continue to face erasure and daily trauma at the hands of callous politicians and educators and the hyper-masculine whiteness they practice and encourage. The result of such bans is also a further undermining of confidence in public schools as a public good while bolstering privatization and school choice efforts, pet priorities for the far right. Already, some black parents have shifted to homeschooling in response to the trauma and erasure their kids have faced in recent years. The U.S. Supreme Court's Espinosa v. Montana decision in 2020 has only made things worse. School tax dollars in states can now fund religious, mostly Christian, private and charter schools and their slants on patriotism, racism and queer rights. Curricula designed for places like Hillsdale College and affiliated religious charter schools already assert that America is an exceptionally good country and that queerness is a phase young people grow out of. One textbook in use at these schools describes kidnapped Africans as black immigrants as if people would voluntarily choose generational chateau slavery for their futures. But the sad truth is that everyday racism in schools never went away. It is the same as it ever was. The recent push towards curriculum myth-making began long before former President Donald Trump's 1776 commission called for more patriotic education in U.S. schools. 
The past decade is replete with examples of attempts at propaganda through curriculum and textbooks. In school districts like Jefferson County, Colorado, and states such as Texas, Tennessee, and Idaho, installing more patriotic education while gutting discussions of slavery, racism, xenophobia, Islamophobia, homophobia have been going on for years. It is a deliberate erasure of black, Mexican, Arab, Muslim, indigenous, and queer senses of the world. Look further back, and you will find an evergreen history of politicians, educators, and even journalists substituting belief and mythology for facts and difficult truths in U.S. education. In 1947, the Washington Post's editors published an arrogant rebuke to concerns raised by the National Association for the Advancement of the Colored People, NAACP, and black Washingtonian protesters over the racist trauma that the book Little Black Sambo caused in then-segregated D.C. public schools. The U.S. edition of Scottish author Helen Bannerman's 1899 children's book depicted African Americans as step-and-fetch-it, big-lipped, Big grand, nappy happy go lucky imbeciles. The word sambo was once a well used derogatory term on par with the N word and picanini. Even worse, little black sambo ended with the main character gleefully sitting down and devouring a pack of or a stack of pancakes like Scooby Doo. This was a turn-of-the-twentieth-century racist stereotype, the equivalent of how many whites see blacks when eating watermelon and fried chicken today. The Washington Post editors could not believe that the humorless touchiness reflected in these protests represents the attitude of Negroes in general, and accused the protesters of damaging a good cause by pressing it to the point of absurdity. Little Black Sambo, though banned for use in D.C. public schools in the 1950s, ultimately lingered in many other schools across the country through the 1960s. It is this legacy of trauma, erasure, and indignity for black, brown, and queer students that today's far-right politicians want to keep alive through new legislation. We will make sure that parents can send their kids to school to get an education, not an indoctrination. That's according to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, as he signed off in Florida's so-called Don't Say Gay bill, and that happened back on March 28. The bill effectively bans LGBTQIA plus authored books and curricula about sexual orientation, gender identity, abuse, and trauma from K-3 classroom instruction. In combination with the equally controversial Individual Freedom Bill that passed in the Florida legislature in April, both have the effect of banning efforts at equity and inclusion in the state's public schools. All because hypothetical Johns and Janes and their parents might get uncomfortable over the truth about the history of exploitation, erasure, and genocide. That is as American as these attempts to deny, deflect, and defend 
this history. The views expressed in this article are the author's own and do not necessarily reflect Al Jazeera's editorial stance, nor the opinions of JanoRadio.com, QMZRadio.com, or Moments with Me Media. Donald Earl Collins, a visiting professor of American of African American history with Loyola University, Maryland, is the author of Fair of a Black America, Multiculturalism and the African American Experience. He is a visiting professor. Yeah. <laughs> And I agree with you, Sula. The, they seem to care more about white people's mental health than blacks and other minorities. And you know why they probably care more about it? Aren't they they're the ones who go around doing these um, mass shootings in schools? Really? <laughs> All black people can't have <laughs> mental issues. How dare black people have mental issues? Go ahead, O'Neill. Um... Well, all right. I mean, this, this, there's been so much that I've been going through my head, you know, from the Kanye rants to the, all of these stuff you just read about a while ago. And I think personally, as a black man, and maybe because I grew up in Jamaica, where I never really faced racism. But with that said, as a black man, I am more concerned with teaching my own people what it is that they should never make happen to them again. The same way the Jews have a mantra for the Holocaust that they'll never forget. Um, the Jews don't necessarily mix and mingle the Madamulika community and train their kids. Um, to know what to never let happen to them again. I think as black people, we are too we're too eager to become. We're too eager. This inclusiveness is so huge to us. How the white man sees us is so great to us. We're still seeking justification for who we are from the same oppressors that have oppressed us for years. I don't really give a damn about them, what they think, what they say. Um, as it relates to schooling and schools, um, it doesn't matter to me whether or not it's starting schools. Because the truth is, what we have done is allow the system to break up our families. Because in the home is where we should be teaching our black kids our history where we should be tutoring them because the white race will never change. Hold on one second, O'Neill. Chief, your mic is open. Your mic is open. Go ahead, O'Neill. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just saying the right race will never change. So I saw all of us to say that um, I think I think it's like growing up and you have somebody that call you a nickname and it may hurt. But at the end of the day, does it really define who you are? I think when we start to understand that our own justification of who we are need to come from ourselves, and as a black race, we need to unite as a people and build industries and build economies and build communities. And communities don't have to be physical houses. You know, um, if we become our own brother's keeper as black people, 
Because I think I think at the end of the day, we're asking the white man to. We're in a, in a case of reverse. If I was white, I wouldn't want to go back to. I wouldn't want to put a situation where I become the slave, and you become the master. You know, um, and I've thought about it from that direction. If I was white, would I want to be poor in order to say I am just? So I'm just going to give up all the power I've had and all the legacy that I believe in just to make another race become powerful. I mean, at the end of the day, they are going to do whatever they think makes them survive. And I'm going to land right there by saying I think, I think. We spend so much time trying to analyze the white man and what he's doing and what he's not doing. And we are not doing for ourselves what we could do to empower ourselves and make ourselves stronger. I'll learn right there. Thank you for speaking my mind for me. <laughs> Thank you, Anil. Valid points. Valid points. We are, hold on one second. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to let um, whoever else wants to go, go right ahead. I'm going to say this. Anila, I have to agree with you 100%. And this is something I've said. We are busy fighting for recognition when we don't even recognize each other. We tear each other down. We're killing each other. We're not uplifting each other. We are the last resort. We go to everybody else before we go to each other that's what we do but we are fighting for this recognition and we're fighting for the equality can we be equal amongst ourselves can we recognize each other can we lift each other can we build each other can we support each other and then once we come together like a fist balled up then we are stronger because there's strength in numbers to then fight for everything else. Because the truth at the end of the day is we are in the middle. Of, you know, when you have that bullseye board, the target on the wall and everybody's just, everybody else is around us and everybody has something against us. So we're busy trying to be accepted by the whites, the Jews, the Indians, the Muslims, the, the, the Middle East, the whatever. We're busy trying to be accepted by all of them. And we're missing the big picture. We're missing the real issue at hand. It's fixing ourselves first. And once we fix ourselves, we can move forward more strategically as a unit. And we can put ourselves in a position that we are the go-to. Where is our money? With the Jews. All of us, our money is invested in the Jews, whether they want to accept it or not. They own the banks, the financial institutions. Where we get our food, we run to the Chinese restaurants. Where we get our hair, we run to the Middle Easterners. Let's think about that for a second. We have the talent, we have the skill set, we have the knowledge, if you ask me, because a lot of inventions were made by our people. But we don't recognize yep. our strength. We don't recognize our purpose. And we need to wake the hell up. And then know that we don't know or we fail to recognize. You think them no know? 
them sit down on them veranda or them front porch just a watch we and a laugh after we oh they want us to they want to be equal with us but look how they treat each other you think they don't see it divisions 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 within our communities there is so much self-hate amongst us we lack self-love and it starts there we create lines among us oh i don't like this one because them have more money than me oh i don't like that one because them not have as much as me oh i don't like that one because them too brown oh i don't like that one because them too dark oh i'm gonna like that one because them here shot oh i'm gonna and you know as i'm saying that i came across a story a tiktok story and i was saddened to hear another jamaican classing up another jamaican woman the way he did and i i get he was upset the video because the the original video with the jamaican woman saying that you know for the people in overseas nobody can't send a 50 dollar can't get them them go send go back go collect it because what have you and i get that there are a lot of jamaicans who don't understand the realities or the reality that happens in foreign countries them think is a better roses right like you just walk outside and pick money off a tree them no knows that some people are both two three job not see them yard sometimes for weeks i get it they don't understand that but the way this man described the woman i was like oh my gosh and when you look in the comments people are laughing yes a laugh so we celebrate us tearing each other down body shaming the woman looks shaming the woman she has no control over what she looks like that's how she was created why are we doing this so we gotta fix us our mental we gotta fix it and i agree with you O'Neill. stop crying out for the white man to recognize us we have begged them we, we give them the whole of our money. Have you ever been in corporate America and watched how a black worker responds to a white supervisor versus a black supervisor? Watch it. It's different. Totally different. The, the attitude that they will give the black supervisor, them nag it to the white supervisor nor the white manager. But they will sit and desecrate the black supervisor or the black manager. We need to fix our issues. And I'm done speaking. I know someone else wanted to go ahead of me. And first up, okay, let's start at the top. Javette, then James. And we'll work our way down. I agree with everything that you guys just said. The only thing I want to add to this is for me. The reason why critical race theory, banning books, you know, all the things that people are trying to stop is important. I grew up with a mother that did not have any education. So everything that I learned came from school, came from college, right? And if that information wasn't available to me, I would not have the knowledge that I have. I would not have the knowledge to teach my child, right? 
because back when I grew up with my young age, we didn't have internet and all of the stuff that's so available to us that we can get information. So I was only able to get my information from school. So banning the idea of explaining history in the way that it happens, for me, is not trying to force white people to accept what happened. It's being able to have the information out there and knowing, knowing where I came from and what I came from. So that's the only thing I want to add to this because I don't really care about the others either. When you walk into my home, I have a plaque that says colored weighted room. And I don't have no problem having that plaque up because my ancestors and the people that came before me had to deal with that. But with us banning ideology, then you'll have more people like that white girl who thought it was cute to have a sign that says picking cotton versus picking my prom date. That is some ridiculous fracking <laughs> Okay. Ridiculous. Okay. So yes, they don't care about our mentality, but I don't want anything banned. I don't care what you call me. That's one reason why I don't even like saying the word pick me. Because now I know where that came from. Mm -hmm. But this is how we speak in the Caribbean. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to choose when and when I want to use it, if I want to use it, now that I have that knowledge. And yeah. I yield my mic. Thank you, Javette. Thank you so much. Go right ahead, James. Yeah, so so I agree with, with, with what everyone said. Um, the only thing I'd add to, I'd add to it is that Personally, for me, like, I believe that, you know, the American black history is somewhat confusing, very confusing, because, you know, as I told you moments, I've been kind of on a, a cleanse from, you know, the, the, the whole news cycle and stuff like that. So, so I'm only getting my news here in the morning. I'm, I'm not tuning to CNN, BBC. I, I took a break and I'm feeding myself on a steady diet of positive content you know so like and it makes a difference and you know i've been watching over the weekend i i watch a few documentaries um that were highlighting you know african-american the history and stuff like that and it's mind-blowing to me because like in that documentary they they it's an extensive documentary interviews and, and everything and i did not know this is what the documentary said african-americans are the second most successful group in America. The second most, um, they produce the second, the, the highest, second highest millionaire in America for the past 25, 30 years. I did not know that. Um, and, and they were talking about, they were breaking down and what they did in the documentary, which I, I, I liked, they put aside, um, you know, basketball play like like sports and entertainment and they went and they interviewed like tons of you know business people in atlanta in new york um that have made millions of dollars um in their businesses um 
you know, so like I think sometimes we, we have to highlight because, you know, I, you know, I'm very fascinated by American black history and just black history in general. And I did not know that. Like, I did not know that African-Americans are only the only, not even Jews, they say, like when you do the numbers, only white America um, produced more millionaire in the past um, 30, 30 odd years. Um, another thing that, another documentary that I saw um, was saying that I think Nigerians are the most educated group in America. Nigerians. You know, so I believe that, you know, the whole thing with, with the news and, and the news cycle with, with um, some of the negatives, I think it, it does more to kind of disturb our mental than anything else, than highlighting these. Because when you look and you see, like, um, they highlighted this guy called, they, they dubbed him the black Donald Trump. He's worth like um, $700 million or something. He's a real estate mogul. And as a young African-American or whatever, when you look at these stories and you see people coming from nothing and achieving that, I think it does more to your mental than... I, it, it just confusing because it seemed like, like just a race war. And if you're like a Chinese-American, like a, a Hispanic-American, like you, you feel like you're in the middle and it's just like America is like this black and white. It's just black and white. So, you know, I believe that... You know, we have to look at both sides. And it, it's evident that, you know, the, the families that, as, as O'Neill said, like, yeah, we can fight for, for, for those stuff to be in school. But I think the, the, the most important fight is to keep our families together. Keeping the black families together. Keeping men out of prison. Um, get to the, all these baby mother thing and, and, and men stick with their women and, and build as a community because... Yeah, they, they, they can force it out of the school, but they can't force it out of your homes. You know, so, you know, I'll I just leave it right there. Okay. Um, Thank you, James. Can, Go ahead, O'Neill. Yeah, I know Chief wants to say something. Let me just quickly say, um, um, I know that's confusing, James, but I'll say this. The, the token black billionaires that they create is, is there for the real, the same purpose of keeping us in line keeping us in line so they can say why are you complaining because here is jay-z and why are you complaining here's oprah i mean that doesn't mean that we as a people as a black race um have uh, you know have come forward because they're still they still have they still have destroyed the basic unit which is the family and and another thing i want to say is is that um the Sorry, I think I forget what I, I, I'll yield. I'll yield. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Listen, you're going to have to shout to no chief because you're pale in the background. What? Yes. You're on the dried life. <laughs> can you hear me? Seriously, can you? I'm yelling. Can you hear me? But chief, your mic is low. Ah. Uh, Let's translate. Listen to me. It's been like this since last week. Are you still <laughs> Chief, I'm, I have an extra iPhone, Mega Senior. I'm using an iPhone. No, you're not. Well, something is wrong. Um, with are you, what type of Bluetooth are you using? Shocks. Huh? <laughs> One name song. S H O K. Moments, you know, Chief says it only happens when he's in this room. Really? <laughs> he says it only happens in this room. 
Chief, do me a huge favor. We're going to wait for you. Leave and come right back and let's see if it makes a difference. Poor Chief. Uh, oh, uh, Moments, while, while he's coming back, can I say something um, to what? Okay, what ho hold on one second. He's back. Chief. Yes. God have mercy. All right, everybody, we going to have a ton of our volume. Did you change the setting, your sound, Um, what you call it, audio quality? No, noise canceling or something. Yeah. I did everything. Javed helped me go through the whole process. All right, your sound look a better. All right, go on. Go on, your sound look a better. <laughs> no, because the whole, the whole neighborhood can hear me. <laughs> Virginia says, use speaker on the phone only. Take the earphones out. And talking to your phone you want to disconnect your um thing can you hear me are you use what you're using your your earpiece your or earpiece. can you hear me i'm no i'm not using it javette how is it were you able to hear him in the other rooms javette i do hear him in other rooms Turn my volume to high, my quality. I can hear him. Can, can we just like try and listen to what he's saying? Yeah, yeah, let's try. Let's try. Go ahead, Chief. No, don't worry. Don't worry. No, speak because we haven't heard you speak since last week. Too loud. I'm okay. I'll try. O'Neill, I agree. 1,000, 16,000%. Like all of this is all of this is a design. And, and, and the puppet masters have good puppets. Right. We, we, we have to we have to acknowledge the fact that if we have I agree with I agree with James as well. We do have to highlight the positive. We must absolutely highlight the positive. But when we highlight the positive, we must also show evidence that the positive is doing positive things like we shouldn't have broke HBCUs with that many millionaires and wealthy people in the United States, should we? We should not be dealing with an incarceration system and, and, a, and a lack of po political uh, leadership with that, with that type of wealth in the United States. So what is happening to that wealth and who's benefiting from that wealth is certainly not us as a collective people, right? That is a reality. That is an absolute fact. So I search, I seek for the positive because we need that. Our youth need to be able to identify what it looks like when you do find your own. There's a reason why people like uh what's that guy who tried to buy comcast right different people like that i remember when back in the day like like the late 90s when bill cosby tried to buy some satellites so that he could own nbc there's a reason why people like that get blacklisted because the moment you decide to take your wealth and do for self is the moment you will be shut down the system is not designed for you to be able to do that because they know you don't have the backing of the masses behind you so they can assassinate you in the pub, in public eye, in the public eye. So I think we need to really, um, re, I guess, reimagine what it means to be who we are. James says something very important: family should be number one. And 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 O'Neill says something about the about the Jews, right? What's the difference? The Jews make themselves a priority, then they go out and mix and mingle with everybody else, but they make themselves the priority. We haven't done that. We've never been in a position to be able to, right? Because every time we try to unify, there's a dividing force or our leaders get assassinated in front of our children, right? All, we, this, those are the things we witness. Eventually you internalize all of that and nobody's ever come to our aid. Let, let, let a child get, 
killed in a uh, in a black school? When do you see health mental health experts come rushing into the school to help these kids? Why doesn't that happen for us? Right. So we see right in front of our faces the the stark difference, the stark difference in we're asking a society that is inhumane to teach us humanism. It doesn't, it's not ever going to work. It's never going to work. Right. And we have to, we have to reload, reboot and search for self-value. We have to, we have to, like when you say we have black on black crime, hell half the kids don't even know what it means to be black. So that falls on mute on deaf ears. When we even say that, because we, we have, we don't have that. I love, that's why I fell in love with Peter Tosh years ago when he said, as long as you're a black man, you're an African. What he was really trying to say is, forget all the micro-nationalism and all this other stuff we're doing, right? Like, I'm from Trinidad, I'm from Jamaica, I'm from South Carolina, I'm from New Orleans, right? We get caught up in such, man, tribalism. And when we do that, we, we, we refuse to unify. Why come we can't celebrate each other? Why come we can't acknowledge like, yo, we got a, we got somebody from Jamaica just won the Olympics and we all celebrate like this. This is for everybody. This is for us. Because America says I still own you. So when you got your best fighters, your get your greatest teachers, your greatest leaders, leaders, they come out of Ivy schools, they go to the Olympics, they do. You see what I'm saying? It's like you got puppets in every genre of of human life in America. And it's designed that way. We just have to want, desire freedom and understand what true freedom means. It's the ability to control your destiny, the ability to dictate uh, what, your what your child's education looks like, what your own work, for work uh, ethics look like, how you want to live, right? I want to own my, like, like our children go to school together with other children and they're saying, hey, when you got out of college, you can come work for my dad. That's what the white kid is saying. And the black kid is saying, oh, that's great. He's not even thinking about having his own company because he's not educated to do so. We got to change those narratives. I hope y'all heard everything I said because I'm exhausted <laughs> from yelling. <laughs> heard a lot. Heard a lot. Yeah, that was really clear. Michelle is black. Um, along the line of what you said, I mean, I, I, I listened to the last part that got the gist of what you said generally. Um, you know, some of the things that we're facing is not going to change overnight. Um, it's it's years of indoctrination. Um, I I do believe I, I was watching this video recently. Somebody posted on Instagram where I don't know if it's a movie clip. A group of white men in a room, conservatives and liberal, and the conservatives blaming the liberal for hiring the black people, and the liberal is saying that I have to. We, we get the best, the most educated, and we give them government jobs. Because if we leave them in with the black people in poverty, they become leaders, and they become our problem. So we take them out, we give them jobs, then the black people mistrust them, and then we create a wedge between them, and they become useless to the black race, and they're not harmful to us. Um, when we look at the token black billionaires um, and, and that's not taking anything away from any black person that's a billionaire I'm just saying this is this is the excuse you know to, to give something as a token to a couple of black people 
in order to tell the rest of the black race to shut up because hey a hundred years ago you, you never had a black billionaire no you have one that's progress so they try to they try to influence us to see progress how it benefits them and we need to stop again as i say looking towards the standard because right now the the black standard is white and that's our problem we want to be recognized by the white grammys and we want to be recognized by the white emmys and we want to be recognized by the white institutions where are the black institutions peer-to-peer -peer awards where are those black institutions that set the bar for progress I land there. I don't know if moments as well. I am back. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Yes, yeah, someone was at my door. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for keeping the conversation going. All right. So work, work, work. We have work to do. And it starts in our minds. It starts with us. All right. So coming together and understanding what coming together means and what it signifies and not be, you know, we tell ourselves when we go to different conferences or we listen to different speeches and, you know, people on different platforms within our own community, constantly telling us to empower ourselves and believe in ourselves and do for ourselves. Do we really believe or are we just listening and we keep listening and we keep listening, but we keep doubting. When are we going to find our true power, recognize it, embrace it, and use it? And that's all I'm going to say. We are powerful, but we're sleeping on our power. All right? And we might say, well, it's going to be a hard battle. Nothing is easy. Absolutely nothing is easy. Anything worth having, you have to work for. And sleepless nights, and times when you feel like throwing your hands up in the air, but you cannot give up. We can't. All right. Yeah, moment. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So you know, like for me, you know, I think this is one of the first time in my lifetime where. Like, I've been, like, hopeful in terms of, like, where, you know, black people are heading. I know we're still a far ways. But, you know, you can see tangible results. Like, even from the, the George Floyd situation um, and the ripple effect that it had and, and, and the movement that it sparked, it's still, you, you can feel it. Because, and one of the things, the, the documentary that I... I, I I was telling you about that that I watched. One of the things that I like about it, it is that it did not highlight the, the talking mi millionaires and billionaires. Um, they, they highlight, you know, young black women that are taking control of their beauty, are using natural resources, their avocado, their, their um, olive oil or whatever and, and, and making body cream and, and, and doing hair products for themselves and making millions out of it. And because I see that happening in Canada too. Like for the past five years, the black movement in Canada like is 
it's like an explosion like I've never seen before. Like, they're more, especially led by, by the women in, in Toronto. Like, I've never seen more um, beauty um, supply and, and, and stuff like that that's been opened up for the past five years. Like, it, it's been like an explosion. So, like, you know, normally, like, we, women go to, like, some of the Japanese or the Chinese Korean to get their beauty stuff. Like, in, in, in Toronto, it's, it's an explosion. Like, there's this, young, there's this young lady, like, she's 25, and she started this um, black, it's called Buy Black, a store. And she has, like, four um, stores now in major malls across the country. So, you know, stores like those, and I think, like, we should do to highlight it. Because, like, when I see a 24-year-old girl that grew up in, in, the, in the projects and she's running a multi-million dollar operation in the, that started in the past five years. You have to feel hopeful that, you know, better days are going to come. And I think we need to do a, a, a better job, especially as black people, highlighting those success and, and supporting it. You know, supporting, you know, the Buy Black movement is a powerful movement. And I feel like if we support it, We'll be like the Jews, we'll be like the, the Chinese. The money will, will, will just continue circulating in our community and that will only make us better. And I'll just leave it right there. All right. Thank you so much, James. Appreciate everyone's input. Yes. Thanks a million again. All right. And we're going to keep it moving. Uh, we're going to take a quick break so we can decompress. <laughs> when we return, we have health. I'm sorry business and tech news and health and sads as well all right here's a little more missy elliott says we honor her today on hashtag wcw woman crush wednesday right here on coffee intel Let me switch up the game. I drink that cone. Yeah. Step back, cause I might put it on. Yeah. I go deep, so deep till you sleep. Count sheet, wake you up from no way. You don't want me here to show ya. How freak act when I ain't sober. What up, I'm toe up, show up. Ain't scared to take it all. Tell her free to take it all. Tipsy and a feel good. Black dudes got big woods. Into it, I do it, I done it. If you really, really want it, then stop planning. Hey, boy, you know I'm your type, yo. Five two and wear my jeans real tight. Yeah. My curves, they swerve so superb. My word is my word, and I came to serve. We run this, run this, run this. It don't matter where you're from, it's where you're at. And if you can't a freak a leak, better bring your hat. So East coast, west coast, down south, represent your coast. Yeah, we run it, yeah, we run it. Pull my head, break my back For the right money, might sit in your lap Back to back, I can't even keep track It's a fact, the freaks need to get slapped my toes and need a back rub yeah, I don't come to do it, I just wanna be touched Look at how y'all making me blush I'm enough to go around so people don't push Wanna run that tush in the bush Don't my diamonds look real good And they shine so hard that it glitters So many carrots, they look like critters And we can do it all night a flash like to see up in my windpipe uh, Highlight the key for getting your hype I wanna know, can you hear me my mic? Uh, we run this, run this, run this, run this It don't matter where you're from, it's where you're at And if you can't a freak a leak, better bring your hats 
Thank you to all the listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, log on to www.QMZRadio.com to help you get through your day. And a big thank you to everyone also listening online on JanoRadio.com. Don't forget to download that Jano Radio app. J-A-H-K-N-O, Jano Radio. The app is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Take us on the go. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You can follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And you can also find me on TikTok, moments with me media. The mean everything is MI. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Today, we are crushing on Missy Elliott through music. Gotta have music with the madness, aka the news. Keep it locked. Coming up right after this, we have business and tech news, also health and science. What you know about Timothy, let me know Eat an MC like C's, let me know If you get drunk, lean on me, let me know I'm about to bust like P, feel me now Anybody know my skills, what the deal? Anybody feel my skills, it's for real Anybody wanna come with the steel? Anybody gotta get the whole body pill When they say my name, talk more junk but won't look my way See I got more cheese, back on up while I roll up my sleeves you can't see me, Joe. Get on down while I shoot my flow. When I do my thing, got the place on fire, burn it down to flame. I'm checking the chat here on Clubhouse, and this I did not know. So thank you. See, you always learn something here on Coffee Until, right? I did not know that Missy had a street named after her. Please tell us a little more, Sanat. Let me turn the music down. Please tell us a little bit more about that, Sanat, if you're able to speak. So I'm on her Instagram now. Um, she posted it, uh, I think, yesterday. Um, attention, Missy Elliott Boulevard is on Google Maps. It's in Virginia, Virginia, baby, is what she writes. Um, so, um, 757 P-Town, wait, a whole boulevard. God is good. I am not perfect, and I've had ups and downs when some doubted me and thought I would give up, and I prayed, and I got back every time. Hopefully, this will inspire someone else to keep pushing. Um, pound seven five five. Well, seven hashtag. Sorry, hashtag seven fifty seven eight zero four. Hands up. Uh, if this is her Instagram, I'll take a. I'll, I'll change my profile for a moment for y'all, so yeah. you'll see what her um what the images that she posted. Um, 
or one of the images that she posted on um, Instagram. I've been following her for some time. She is a phenomenal artist, a phenomenal producer. She's everything. So um, that's an image right now. I just shared, changed my PTR of her holding the sign for Missy Elliott Boulevard in Virginia. Thank you, Sanat. Go, Missy. Go, Missy. Listen, I fell in love with her when the, the first song, if I remember, was um, I Can't Stand the Rain, Super Duper Fly. <laughs> I love that song. To this day, it will never grow old. I fell in love with her. And I thought her video, that music video with the um, black, looking like plastic bags and they just blowed up her. I thought it was like really cool. Ah, in my mind, I thought I was Missy Elliott. Super duper fly. I can't stand the rain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get that. But yeah, love her, love her, love her. Um, You know, it goes to show us that don't worry about what social media or journalism or anybody says you should look like or act like or don't worry about that you have a god-given talent focus on that get yourself around people who believe in you who will be real with you and keep moving be, be unique be unique indeed Y-O-U, spell unique that way, <laughs> right? Yeah, be unique, indeed. Thank you, Teflon. Love There's her. The, um, so sorry. No, I, no, no. I edited the pinned link, and there it is, so you all can see it and go through it okay. and read it the way you would read it because I so can't always read what people are writing when they write fast and short in Instagram. So there you go. Missy Elliott Boulevard. Is that Timberland with her? It looks like Timberland. Maybe on the second picture, I think it is. Yeah. It, yeah. Whatever, what do you mean, whatever happened? Go ahead. Whatever happened to Magoo? Wasn't it Timberland and Magoo? <laughs> One hit wonder. Yeah, but seriously, but I thought they were a duo on the production side. Yeah, there was. Yeah. You were saying that after Leah died, it messed him up? Ooh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Thanks for thanks for that revelation, Kay. Oh boy. Yeah. Never easy, right? Never is easy. Well, let us go ahead and get into business news. Or I should say it right, business in tech. And first up, CVS drops prices on its tampons and will pay the pink tax. CVS will reduce prices on its store-branded menstrual products nationwide and pay the sales tax on those products in a dozen states. Starting Thursday, CVS will drop prices by 25% on CVS Health and Live Better tampons, menstrual pads, liners, and cups. The chain last week also began paying sales tax for customers and period products in 12 states. Arkansas, Georgia, Hawaii, Louisiana, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, Wisconsin, and West Virginia. CVS said it cannot cover the taxes in other states that levy them due to laws preventing third parties from paying taxes on a customer's behalf. Dr. Padmini Murthy, the global health lead for the American Medical Women's Association, commended CVS, but said... 
the company should go a step further and reduce prices on all of the menstrual products it sells. Pick up yourself, um, CVS. But hold on, which country um, sanitary products are actually free? Menstrual products are actually free. There's a country. Oh, my gosh. It's in Europe. I, I'm going to do my research. I, or heavily subsidized. I'm trying to remember. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm going to find it. But good job, CVS. But can you imagine that there are laws in states preventing third parties from paying taxes on a customer's behalf? Oh, my gosh. But can I ask a question? Romans, I think it's um, Scotland. It's Scotland? Yeah, they do free tampons. Okay. I, yeah. I, I knew I wasn't dreaming, Teflon. I know I heard about it before. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. Is Sin here? Sin may be able to answer. Sin can't speak. I know she'll put it in the chat. Yeah, sure. Sin, taxes. When I manufacture and I sell to a retailer, does that, do I pay taxes on that product that I manufacture? I think you're talking about sales tax. So sales tax is uh, the consumer pays sales tax. In the way it works in this country now, in other countries, you have a VAT tax, and that's, uh, you know, basically it's uh, a, a tax on the whole supply chain, right? But uh, here in this country, it's the end consumer, so us, um, who pays the taxes. Okay. So let me make sure I understand. Work with me here a little slow. So I own a factory. I own a factory. I manufacture sweatshirts. O'Neill comes and purchases four pallets of sweatshirts. Does, when O'Neill is, when I prepare that invoice, am I adding let's say 7% tax to the cost of goods. And then does O'Neill write me a check for the cost of goods plus 7% tax? No. It depends. It depends. Sorry, okay. go ahead. Okay. No, if O'Neill is going to resell them? Yes. Um, so no, the transaction to O'Neill would not be subject to tax, at least sales tax, okay. right? Uh -huh. Remember, we have different levels of tax, but I think you're talking about sales tax. Yes, sales but tax. But if he resells it, depending on the conditions, um, not everyone has to pay sales tax, right? If you're, depending on the state, if you're like a small mom and pop operation, you don't have to pay sales tax. Let's say if you're, you're, your sales are $5,000 a year, you probably are not going to be subject to sales tax, right? It, it depends right. on the state. Right. right. But if O'Neill has a, you know, a bigger operation and is selling um, to you, you pay sales tax. O'Neill collects the sales tax and that goes to the state. OK, so he's not profiting from sales tax. He's only he has a burden to collect it. Right. And then remit it to the states. But that like the middleman does not have to um, have any like. Uh, sales tax burden. Okay. He just has to make sure, like, he's not the end, uh, the end, uh, he's not selling it to the end consumer. Okay. So, O'Neill, I, O'Neill is selling the, the sweatshirts. 
I turn around and purchase from him. He collects sales tax from me on those goods. Now, I turn around and I'm selling those sweatshirts retail. I have to collect a sales tax. Let's say my sales over 5,000. Let's just say, right? I now have to turn around and collect sales tax. So isn't the government getting tax money twice on one item, so to speak, for when you think about it? No, O'Neill wouldn't be charging you. I'm sorry, I, I was in and out, I got an email. Okay. You're saying if O'Neill um, charged you for the sweatshirts? Right. O'Neill, so it's only, so it's only the middleman, it doesn't matter if there's five middlemen, if there's one, if there's two middlemen, there could be 200 middlemen. Nobody has to pay sales tax. The only pay sales, the only person who pays sales tax is the person that you're collecting it from, you as the user. Just figure out who the user is and where did the user get it from. doesn't matter if there's 20 middlemen. Only in the United States, we don't have a value-added tax like they do in other countries. Most countries have value-added tax, which is everyone in the supply chain has to pay something. In the United States, we don't work like that. So okay. we just tax um, the end consumer. So it's the end consumer that pays for tax. No one else is taxed in the whole trans transaction. So let's say in the case of tampons, okay, uh, Tampax um, sells it to uh, a distributor who sells it to CVS. CVS sells it to you. Mm -hmm. Well, CVS is going to charge you 10% tax or whatever the state tax, and then CVS has to take that tax and um, remit it to the state of New York or whatever state you're in, if that makes sense. Okay, it doesn't matter if, yeah, it goes from, from Tampax to Amazon, to all these different places. It's just wherever you buy it from, they're responsible for collecting that tax. Okay. Thank you, Sin. And here, I want to let you know why I'm asking, because, so I do print on clothing, right? And when I purchase from the distributor or the wholesaler, right? So I purchase it from um, Kay's company, right? I notice that I am charged a tax. So I pay the tax, right? So when I sell it back, I'm paying, I'm collecting taxes. So that's why I was like, hold on. So I pay the wholesaler the cost of the goods plus tax but i'm selling it and i'm collecting cost of the good plus tax from the the, the purchaser that sounds like are we paying tax twice on one so item? you probably have to register as a wholesaler so like you know when there's okay. you know if you ever been to like 20th street yeah you, you ever been to like 20th street and so there's people that can't go in certain stores. They need yes. like an ID in order to go. Like that's what that's they only ah, sell to wholesalers. Gotcha. Right? That's what that is. Gotcha. So yeah, if you yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Thank you, Sin. Appreciate the knowledge. Hope it helped someone else who was listening. Thank you. Invoices in the mail. <laughs> Listen, y'all, you get free gems up in here every now and again. See, I gotta go pay that invoice. <laughs> Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that gem with us, that knowledge. It's always good to learn something new.
because I'm sure we all have questions and we're like, oh, hold up. What's up here? You know, but thanks for clarifying. All right. So good job, CVS. Hope others will follow. And I hope those states that prevent third parties from paying taxes on a customer's behalf will actually do something and change those laws. All right. Biden to release 15 million barrels from oil reserve and more responsible. The story courtesy of the Associated Press. President Joe Biden will announce the release of 15 million barrels of oil from the U.S. Strategic Reserve today as part of a response to recent production cuts announced by OPEC nations. And he will say more oil sales are possible this winter as his administration rushes to be seen as pulling out all the stops ahead of next month's midterm elections. That would be a smart move, as I said earlier. Biden will deliver remarks on Wednesday to announce the drawdown from the Strategic Reserve, senior administration officials said on Tuesday, on the condition of anonymity to outline Biden's plans. It completes the release of 180 million barrels authorized by Biden in March that was initially supposed to occur over six months. That has sent the strategic reserve to its lowest level since 1984 in what the administration called a bridge until domestic production could be increased. The reserve now contains roughly 400 million barrels of oil. And speaking on that, um, Sunette, what are the prices like for you at the pump over there in California? Please tell me they have gone down. I know the last time you said $7 almost. Yeah, they've gone down, but they're rising back up. So um, on a cheap place, I can find it for 605 but um, I've seen places up to about 690 So they're going back on up. They're going back up again. Wow. And winter is approaching. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. By the way, it's 71 degrees here in South Florida. A little nippy. I had to, when, I, when someone came to the door a while ago and I had to step outside, I had to draw from my um, sweater. Come on, South Florida. It's only October. It ain't November yet. Slow down. <laughs> I'm here for the cool weather, though. You know what's funny? It's finally getting warm here. So today, <laughs> the high is going to be 79. Wow. I'm shocked because the last few days, it's been in the 60s. Yesterday, I think it was 73. But um, You're the, the temperature is increasing. And my daddy's coming today. Ooh. ooh. should be in the air, in the air now. My what? grandfather. <laughs> Somebody's excited. <laughs> of course. Wow. Uh, you know what? The earth has definitely tilted on its axis, and that's why you're getting a little sunshine. But don't hold on to it too long. Send it back over here to us in Florida. I we need know. it. <laughs> it's it's Okay, okay. How long you been living in New York, Kay? How long you been up there? You know what you got to do with every year. We have space in Florida. We can squeeze one more. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I don't like it still. Oh, Javette says it's 51 in Texas. Tomorrow it's supposed to go back to the high ages. <sighs> I need That's that. crazy. That's sickening weather. You know what? Y'all making um K feel real bad right now. But next up, groundbreaking movie star Anna May Wong. First time hearing about her. I'll be honest. If anybody knows her, let me know. To be the first Asian American featured on US currency. The story courtesy of CNN style. Early movie star Anna May Wong, who broke into Hollywood during the silent film era 
will become the first Asian American to appear on U.S. currency, a century after she landed her first leading role. Wong's image with her trademark blunt bangs and pencil-thin eyebrows will feature on the back of new quarters come Monday. The design is the fifth to emerge from the American Women Quarters program, which highlights pioneering women in their respective fields. The other four quarters, all put into production this year, feature poet and activist Maya Angelou, the first American woman in space, Sally Ride, Cherokee Nation leader, Wilma Mankiller, and suffragist Nina Otero Warren. The latter two were, along with Wong, selected with input from the public. Okay. Never heard of her. Anybody else heard about her before? She was born in L.A., began acting at the age of 14, took on a lead role in The Toll of the Sea three years later in 1922. She went on to appear in dozens of movies but faced deeply entrenched racism in Hollywood where she struggled to break from stereotypical roles. She moved to Europe in the 1920s but later returned to the U.S. to make hits including Shanghai Express, the 1932 adventure romance movie that gave Wong one of her best-known roles. Throughout her life, Wong advocated for greater representation of Asian-American actors in Hollywood. She received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960, the year before she died at the age of 56. Okay. I guess she's new to all of us. Okay. Or you all don't remember. You probably saw the movie, but if you like older movies. Okay. Well, in health and science news, five hours sleep is tipping point for bad health. At least five hours sleep a night may cut the over 50s chances of multiple chronic health problems, researchers say. Ill health can disrupt sleep, but poor sleep may also be a forewarning or a risk itself, they say. There is evidence sleep helps restore, rest, and rejuvenate the body and mind. But why the golden slumber number might matter remains unclear. The PLOS medicine study tracked the health and sleep of UK civil servants. All of the about 8,000 participants were asked, how many hours of sleep do you have on an average weeknight? Yep. They were checked for chronic conditions, including diabetes, cancer, and heart disease, over two decades of follow-up. Those who slept five hours or less around the age of 50 had a 30% greater risk of multiple ailments than those who slept seven hours. Shorter sleep at 50 was also associated with a higher risk of death during the study period, mainly linked to the increased risk of chronic disease. Experts generally, generally recommend about seven or eight hours, the researchers from University College London and Paris-Cité University say. So remember, folks, sleep is important, right? It's good for mood, concentration, metabolism. It's an opportunity for the brain to be cleared off waste because Lord knows we do take in a lot of junk during the day. Good sleep tips. Tire yourself out during the day by keeping busy and active, but slow down towards bedtime. Avoid daytime naps. 
establish a good nighttime routine and make sure your bedroom is relaxing and conducive to sleep. Thick curtains or blackout blinds, a comfy room temperature and bedding, and no big distractions such as scrolling on a smartphone in bed. Reduce or eliminate caffeine and alcohol close to bedtime. If you cannot nod off, don't force it or become frustrated. Get up and do something relaxing for a bit, such as reading a book, and then return when sleepier. If you work antisocial shifts, try and have a short nap before your first shift in a run of nights to transition. If you are coming off nights, try to nap, try a nap to see you through and then go to bed early that evening. Focus on your breathing. All right. So just a couple well needed tips. We might think we can keep going. The body will shut down on you at some point. All right. So sleep, sleep, sleep. It's important. Next up in health and science news, black infants born after fertility treatments at significantly higher risk of death than white infants, a study suggests. And this is from CNN Health. It has been well known in research that black babies are about twice as likely to die as white babies before their first birthday. Now, a new study suggests that that disparity is even larger when babies are conceived by in vitro fertilization or other forms of assisted reproductive technology. The study, published Wednesday in the journal Pediatrics, found that when they are conceived naturally, neonatal mortality is twofold higher than black infants than whites. But when conceived by assisted reproductive technology, neonatal mortality was more than fourfold higher among babies of black women. The researchers were interested in what that disparity in infant mortality would look like in a group of women that would be relatively affluent. And that's according to Dr. Sarkal Isonkova, who is an author of the study and associate professor in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology. Uh, Lisonkova said she thought the racial disparities among the babies of women using assisted reproductive technology would be smaller just based on the fact that the socioeconomic disparities wouldn't be that large. Certain socioeconomic disparities, such as not having equitable access to infant care or not having health insurance, can drive higher rates of neonatal death. But since fertility treatments can be expensive, Lisonkova assumed there would not be large socioeconomic differences among the women undergoing the treatment and, as a result, no large differences in infant mortality outcomes. I think it boils down to... um. Lack of care, regardless of how much money you have. And we spoke about this. We remember, um, what's her name? Serena. She spoke about her, her encounter. Look at the article. I think it was last week we brought it up with the video that went viral with how the white nurse was treating the black woman when she was asking for a note that would reduce the amount of time she would spend at work. It's how we're looked at. We're tough. We're strong. Or we can withstand anything. Nothing is wrong with us. So the amount of ten- attention that is given to our white counterparts, of course, is significantly greater. And money does not matter. They don't care. 
And it's a shame. So, I'm glad they did the study with the affluent group of women. I'm glad they did that. So, by doing that, they were able to remove socioeconomic disparities. And I think that was a fair um, study. Right? So, can you imagine those who have socioeconomic disparities? How much worse it is for them? Your money can only take I mean, you so far. Go ahead, Sin. Go right ahead. Sorry. I mean, there's so many factors. I remember um, my um, sister's mother-in-law used to work at Jackson. So anytime I um, went to Jackson for emergency, which I went once, um, you basically, I don't know if they still do this, but you skip the line uh, if you have a family member. And so just because I was like related like, by marriage, kind of far apart, um, I was still able to skip the line and get a bed and, and stuff like that. So, you know, um, there are plenty of things and plenty of things that like um, more white people have access to. And just even the knowledge, like I had even no idea to I could even ask for that. So it's like knowledge, you know, being... Um, having that relative, but we know that a lot of people in these type of positions um, are white, even in um, University of Miami, which is very diverse. Um, so there's that. I mean, there, yeah, there's a number of things. I remember my um, one of my best friends was in the same situ similar situation as Serena, so I know all of that is true. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, moments, I'm curious about something. Um, mm -hmm. in, in terms of the um, nurse, the quality of care by nurses, do you think, do you think it, it transcends like race? Because I don't know about the different places in the States, but I know like where I am, like most 75% of the nurse would fall in the category of minority. So my question is, do you think that um, minority nurses are guilty of, of looking at black women as they can deal with more pain also? Like even black nurses themselves, do you think that that's happening too? Where like, you know, say like a nurse from the Philippines would treat a black um, um, mother different from like a white or do you think that's happening? I don't know. I'll be honest. I really don't know. So my latest encounter um where i had to go under anesthesia so it was at a hospital right in my backyard here very well-known hospital in south florida so my experience was good i the, the the um i remember when they had to put in the ivs and i told my nurse who she was a black woman and i told her i said listen i hate needles Make it as pain-free as possible. She said, okay, don't worry. She went for a numbing agent. She said, this, I'm going to rub it on your skin. You're not going to feel a thing. And I appreciated her for doing that. Had I said that to another race, to another nurse of another race, would I have got the same um, level of, attention i don't know i really don't know so I, i'm not in a position to say i really can't um yeah i, I don't know 
that was my experience so yeah but it's a good question are minorities treating minorities like minorities you want to put it that way someone else opened their mic go right ahead i wasn't looking my apologies one moment so i just want to say good morning good to morning. the room morning 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 uh you know the big change i see is you go for a doctor visit when you used to go they actually would look you in the eye and talk to you not only about what you're there but you know what's going on in your in your life and and uh take more than five minutes now them barely them look down and scribble up something and before you know 10 minutes later you are out so and i think we really have to look at um for me i'm going to go out of my way to find a a black doctor because not to say that um you can cover all your bases but you can do what's within your control so i feel more control uh, more more comfortable with a black doctor so wherever i might be um no matter the distance i think it is worth it because from my experience only i have gotten better results uh with a black doctor every single time uh there seems to be uh, a higher level of compassion uh patience and understanding so that has been my experience i don't know how others feel but i just feel like right now we're in this time where doctors don't even take the time to really talk to you and it seems like you're just another referral and they're trying to usher out the door as quick as possible to get the next uh, patient in thank you thank you fabian because medicine is no longer customer um patient focused no longer is it's money focused it's how many people can i get in through the doors in one day and then they're quick to write prescriptions as the band-aid because there are kickbacks from the pharmaceutical companies right um so i'm checking the chat real quick here um the nurses have to follow black nurses have to follow protocol so they can only bend the rules so much and will be questioned for their over attentiveness but shouldn't every patient be given over attentiveness we're humans aren't we we're not guinea pigs we're humans we have feelings we have the need to um feel better And the truth is you are going to cut we're as human beings we're going to connect with some more than others that, that's natural but wow you're going to be questioned for showing too much care so people get into nursing for what then i thought you had to have a compassionate side an empathetic side when it comes to the medical field wow interesting and then you wonder why people don't want a doctor people don't want to feel like a test dummy people want to feel like a human being that's cared about can we put hearts back in medicine please if i may chime in yes yes jocelyn good morning thank you good morning to everyone Yes, um, it's important to advocate for yourself. You can go to good doctors, supposedly good doctors, like in the case of um, me here in New York, Eric Adams, who went to five different doctors after he woke up one morning 
and he was unable to see the alarm clock and he had other symptoms like tingling, numbness, um, which he later found out was type 2 diabetes. So he went to um, about five different doctors and they all told him the same thing, that he had to go on insulin. And uh, he said the one thing he was good at uh, was investigating. So he typed in two words, uh, reversing diabetes. And he came up with a plant-based diet, which um, worked well for him. Not only him, but his 80-year-old mother, who was on insulin uh, for quite a while. And... um, uh, not she was on eight other medications along with insulin, and uh, after going on the plant-based diet, she came off not only insulin but the other eight medications. So, doctors, we cannot put our faith, you know, our entire um, belief that doctors could help us. We have to do our research as well because doctors are not equipped in certain areas like in nutrition they get very little time in medical school and I know this because my niece went to Harvard uh, undergrad Harvard med school and she when she told me the limited amount of time they got uh, um, dealing with nutrition as opposed to pharmacology no wonder doctors could only give what they have and they don't have the knowledge when it comes to certain things Uh, as far as hospitalization you know you've got to advocate for yourself if the nurse isn't given what you think you should be getting she has a nurse manager so you ask to speak to that person it's the squeak squeaky wheel that gets the most oil and um, no, you know, it was mentioned here, it's good to have a friend if you do not, if you're not um, in the field to have someone, a friend, a family member, you know, who could guide you. Um, like uh, one thing I know, um, like uh, that's not commonly known, is if you're having an elective procedure, avoid the month of July, um, because that's when, uh, it's like the changing of the guards. You have the new um, residents coming in, and a lot of mistakes occur, uh, and as a result, people die. So if it's not an emergency, try not to schedule your elective procedures in July. Little things like that, you know, you would know from someone in the field. Um, and this is stuff that we don't normally hear. Um, even in the news, so be in the know, um, you know, and and advocate for yourself. If you know something is wrong, like I read about the case of a lady um, who was um, uh, bleeding quite a bit and they kept reaching out for help, no help came, and uh, you just go above, uh, um, go to the top person, ask for you know, the administrator of the hospital, if you have to, call your doctor um, and and don't hesitate about the number of times you call because your life is at risk here. She ended up dying. I think her mother-in-law is a TV judge and she, this happened in California and um, they're uh, suing and bringing awareness to the fact that black women 
you know, treated differently um, in the healthcare field. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak. Thank you so much, Jocelyn, for that gem. I did not know that, and I'm sure many of us were not aware um, of that either. Can I add something? Yeah, hold on one second, Kay. So, an important point to note, July elective, and it makes sense, Jocelyn, because you have a recent batch of graduates just coming on. Go right ahead, Kay. Okay, <clears throat> sorry. So, I was going to say that every time I go to the doctor, they force things on me. And if I wasn't aware, you know, I would have I would have followed them. Because half of the time, they're not, they're not a specialist, but they want to diagnose you. And that is very irritating. And, like, you know, it's because they want the money. They don't want the money to go somewhere else. They're like, okay, come, take this, take this, or this is what you need. But you're not a specialist in that field. You're not uh, able to medicate me. You know, you should be you should be telling me to go to this doctor or because this doctor is for this. But they don't care. So that's what I be doing. I tell my family is always to think about a second option, like a herbalist. You know, get different or go to a different doctor before you, you know, you celebrate with, with the first doctor to tell you because there's always a different answer from somebody else. Like it happened with my family home a bunch of many times. They went in, they had no problem with their back. They come out, they have back issues and spine, broken spine and all that kind of shit. So, yeah, I don't trust these doctors at all. So we have to do our research. I agree with you, Kate. And go look for a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth opinion. Because you have that gut feeling within you that tells you, uh, no, mm -mm, something not right. Something not right. And if follow that gut instinct, that intuition, follow it. Um, miss me. I know. Uh, miss me. Put in the chat or book before tax year because they need to use up the funds so they get extra funding the following year. Oh my gosh, the things we learn. May I add? Uh, um, yes, when Justin. it comes. To, okay, thank uh, you. When you, it comes I'll, to, I'll have you and then Miss Me right after you. Go right ahead. Thank you. When it comes to a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth opinion, try, if you can, uh, you know, even if you have to do a video appointment with someone, like not in the area, because these doctors, they all go to the same conferences. They all they know each other. And sometimes they do not want to go against the opinion of, you know, the opinion of their friend. So I would encourage you, if you can get a second opinion from someone in a different state, today with telemed, it's easier to be done. Or in a, even in a different country, you know, it's, it's worth it. And even after you've been diagnosed, like I heard the story of someone here in Clubhouse um, for 10 years, she thought she had MS, she was diagnosed with it. And she was on steroids, and uh, the damage that the steroids have done to her uh, spine and losing her teeth and all that. So it's important to get a good, to be reevaluated to see if that diagnosis you have lived with for two years, three years is really what you're suffering from. And um, like I said, keep advocating for yourself. And uh, 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 the video I saw with Eric Adams that I discussed earlier, I mean, it's changed my life. I believe that 
what little we have in our control, and that's what we put in our mouths. Be mindful of that. It appears as if from all the research I've done, all the videos I've pulled up from his case and others, um, that plant-based foods are not only reversing type 2 diabetes, but heart disease. So therefore, the logic is if it could reverse diabetes, it could reverse heart disease, most likely it could reverse a lot of other um, diseases. So I, uh, my father, I grew up in the Caribbean, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. My father had farming, butchering, all that stuff. We eat a lot of meat. I barely eat it now. Thank right. you. Thank you, Jocelyn. Go right ahead, Miss Meat. I was just really just um, backing up what Jocelyn was saying, if more than anything else, that, you know, even with regards to um, getting a second opinion, don't be scared to even tell that doctor that actually, no, I don't agree with what you're saying and let them know what your grievance is and your reasons for not agreeing because they do have to address your concerns. They can't fob you off with any and anything. And like we've said, it is mainly all to do with finance, you know, all drugs now, all pharmaceutical companies, they all, like you said, they're connected. It's all about money. So, you know, some like you said, if you go to another GP, they don't want to rub the, the last one up the wrong way don't be afraid to tell the actual doctor that you do have that you know you disagree and you do want to look at alternatives because they have to address your concerns they can't force anything on you thank but you. yeah i was just backing up what she was saying basically thank thank you so much miss me and thank you jocelyn all valid points and we need to take note so that when we go to our next doctor's visit for well care or what you call it whatever you know what I mean right now. But um, yeah, that we are asking the questions. Don't be afraid to challenge their diagnosis. Don't be afraid to ask questions about the medication that's being dispensed or the prescription that's being written for dispensation. All right. So let us look out for us. Number one, you have to look out for yourself, right? Um, don't be gullible and quick to regurgitate. All right. Um, as Virginia said in the chat, let us put care back in health care. Okay. In sports news, Charles Barkley agrees to a 10-year contract with TNT worth over $100 million. Woo! And could approach $200 million. Thank you, Ball Alert, for this one. The Hall of Famer is now signed to a $10 million per season deal that will end after the 2024 to 2025 season. Barkley co-stars on TNT's Inside the NBA alongside Ernie Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kenny Smith. We're all a big family. Ernie, Kenny, and Shaquille are brothers to me, and I wouldn't still be here if it wasn't for them and all the amazing people who work on our show, Barclays. said. I'm not going to lie, though. This is a life-altering deal, and I'm blessed to be able to do live television for a living. Good for you. Okay, Barclay, $10 million a season. I'm happy for you. Just working a couple of months. Whew. And it could reach $200 million. All right. Damian Lillard. First time hearing about him, I'm going to be honest, wants you to ball on the court without breaking the bank. So crawl before you ball. With his new affordable sneaker, NBA baller Damian Lillard has debuted a more affordable sneaker in his long-running partnership with Adidas. 
the Portland Trail Blazers point guard has seen success with the athletic brand since 2015 when his first signature shoe, the D. Lillard One, was released. On Saturday, Lillard tweeted a photo of his latest creation, the Dame or Dam certified line. The white, red, and black sneaker pictured features bounce cushioning. Lillard's signature logo on the tongue and back and enhanced traction, making it ideal for the basketball court. Going for an eco-friendly approach, the footwear is constructed with over 50% of recycled materials. All right. $95 price point. That's not too bad. I see these kids pulling up in school in $200 sneakers. I'm like, okay. Okay, all right then. Oh, yeah. First time hearing about him. I guess people say shame on me. But no, no shame on me. I'm okay. (laughs) Anybody follows his career? Is he good at what he does? Anybody want to ball like him? Never heard of him, but yeah, I took the paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you at that. See, never heard of him. Okay, thank you. Okay. What's his name again? What what is she called again? The Damien Lillard. It's called the D Lillard One. L I L L A R D. Yep. Where is Samalan? Good morning, everyone. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Remember, though, they only give players who is in a spotlight deals okay it has to be a good player for him to get a deal from a shoe company because they wanted to sell mm. so, um but he's been in the league for a minute uh a couple of years so he's pretty good pretty good all right thank you now i gotta go look him up see what he looks like oh uh, what he looks like how old, how old is he i don't even know hold on let me put this here in google real quick Probably in this. Okay, so born July 15, 1992 years old, six feet, three inches, point guard, 24 points, 4.1 rebounds, 7.3 assists, regular season averages, that is. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I don't want that. Let me see if there's any more information on him. That's all that that's telling me. Okay, let's see. Damien Lillard. He went to Weber State University. Well, this site, no, well, Twitter says he's 6'2". What is he? 6'2", 6'3". Uh, in chair order. Uh, okay. He's not that young in basketball world. 32 years old. That's not young at all. Nah, he's been in for a couple of years though, so probably so he's not that young. Yeah. But he's doing the same thing Shaq did when Shaq brought the sneakers to uh, Walmart, you know. So when Shaq had to take his, realize it was too expensive for people to afford his his sneakers, so he brought his to Walmart to sell. They they take this 
up to this day, they're the number one seller at Walmart. Oh, really? Okay. So, <laughs> for the ladies who are asking, he's married, been married since 2021. His wife's name is Kay... K apostrophe L.A. Isn't that still Kayla? Hanson. Why the apostrophe? Is it to be unique? K apostrophe La? <laughs> Kayla. Yeah, he, he's married. Got married in 2021. Sorry, ladies. Sorry to disappoint you. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody want to remake the name. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats, Damien. Good for you. And thank you for making it affordable for people to, you know, still be swagged out, I guess. <laughs> and oh, I can't believe it's that time already. So let me just jump into Caribbean corner real quick. Just a couple of headlines. There are three tropical waves being monitored off Barbados. So we've got to keep an eye on that. Also in Barbados, the police service say they need 250 officers. So they're short staffed. If you know anybody in Barbados is looking for a job, interested in joining the force, please have them go ahead and sign up they need 250 people all right in guyana i'm sure we've all seen this or heard this by now guyanese nationals can travel to the united kingdom visa free yep britain announced guyanese would no longer need visas for up to six months hmm i wonder what brought that about the decision the United Kingdom's decision comes weeks before British Airways begins scheduled flights to Guyana. Do Jamaicans need a visa to go to um, the UK? I know they never used to, but do they need one now? Because, you know, things have changed so much. Are we able to say? No, we don't know. All right, we'll find it out. Um, a cop. Well, the family and cops launched desperate search as a 13-year-old goes missing in Jamaica. Um, a high alert, courtesy of Jamaica.loopnews.com, has been activated for 13-year-old Shantoya Martin of Beckford Close, Bannister District, Old Harbour, in the parish of St. Catherine, who has been missing since Sunday, October 16. She is of black complexion, slim build, and about five feet three inches tall reports from the old harbor police are that at about 10 a.m shantoya was last seen at home wearing a black dress with white stripes she has not been heard from since anyone knowing the whereabouts of shantoya martin is being asked to contact the old harbor police or just call 119 or go to the nearest police station. I really hope they find this young lady. We've, we're having too many young children, young girls especially, coming up missing in Jamaica. That, that needs to end. Also in Jamaica, Jamaica bags silver in prestigious category at or prestigious. How do you say? Prestigious or prestigious? Whatever. Prestige. <laughs> the second one. The second one. Prestigious. Prestigious <laughs> category at robotics competition. Awesome. Jamaica's team to the first global challenge robotics competition in Geneva, Switzerland, walked away with a silver medal in the Albert Einstein Award category last week. 
The Albert Einstein Award for First Global International Excellence is awarded to the teams whose robots performed the best during the First Global Challenge and exemplified all the tenets of the First Global Community. Mexico won the gold, Jamaica got the silver, Germany took the bronze. Well, at least two of them come back to Latin America. Jamaica and Mexico. Well done. Shelly Ann Jack Shelly Ann Jackson. Shelly Ann Fraser Price and Sharika Jackson want their national awards to inspire young girls. So I'm looking on Jamaica Observer's um, page, and the only pictures I'm seeing for the awards that were handed out on Heroes Day um, are Sharika, Shelly Ann. And Sherry Lee Ralph. I'm like, nobody else got any awards that whole day? For the hours that you sit out, there was only those three people that they could find pictures of to put in the Observer. Nobody else of um, value? I don't know. <laughs> so, hey, moments. Hey, everyone. To answer your question, so it looks like Jamaicans do need a visa to go to UK. <laughs> So what is it that you guys are getting off of this, uh, you know, are you still a a colony of UK? Like, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't even understand this whole. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. Well, I can understand if we're no longer part of the um, Commonwealth, no longer affiliated with the monarchy, that we would need a visa to go there. But we are, we haven't separated yet and we need a visa to go there the U- united states uh citizens do not no they don't no they do not that's weird that's weird you know what citizens of jamaica are able to visit the united kingdom when they apply for a visa the most common visa that is applied for is the standard visitor visitor visa because it encompasses most travel purposes thank you Ms. me so thank you, Kev Rock. Oh, agents. Um, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Kay. Moments. I remember I was in the UK room. They were saying that at one time that Jamaica didn't need it, but the crime was so bad that they started to make they started to do the visa thing. So in the beginning, they they didn't Jamaica didn't need visa to go. They was going in like crazy. Like a lot of them was coming to the UK, right, and moving in like wildfire. And then the, the um the crime was getting so bad they kind of like limited that and stopped that and it didn't changed. Okay, all right. So I'm yeah. gonna let, let me wrap up on air and then we'll continue the conversation. Thank you so much for your patience. I gotta close out the on air feed. And of course, I'm gonna hit us with my favorite. Me, I'm super fly from Missy Elliott. Me, I'm super fly. Me, I'm super fly. Me, I'm super fly. When the rain hits my window, I take it. Me some endo, me and Timberland, we sang a dango. We so tight that you get our styles tangled. Sway your dosi dough like you loco. Can we get naked night like Coco? So so, you wanna play with my yo yo? I smoke my hydro on the D though. Thank 
Thank you to all the listeners who logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, log on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone who was listening online on JanoRadio.com. Download that Jano Radio app. J-A-H-K-N-O Available in your Apple and Google Play Store Jano Radio Take us on the go And a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse Where the conversation happens I'm Moments with me And you were listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go Every Monday through Friday 9am to 12pm Eastern Where I read the news and we share our views It's always great conversations, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Today was hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday, and we crushed on Missy Elliott. You can follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on TikTok moments with me media and the mean everything is MI. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask you this one favor. Please be safe. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, right here on Coffee and Toe. Tomorrow we will also be live on futurefm.net and futurefm98.9 in the Bronx. Mount Vernon and Westchester. This is Moments with Me signing out of QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Clubhouse, I'll be right back with you. Stand